are you going to graduate this year or was it, did it? Yep. My plans got canceled again. So I'm, I, you know, just going to have to go straight into. Yeah. That makes sense. Hopefully that doesn't get canceled too. I was really excited about going to my first Kager party. <laughs> You've been doing that since you're 14. Stop. <laughs> I'm 35 and I still have not gone to a kegger party. That's what's sad. <laughs> what constitutes a kegger party? One keg or many kegs? I don't keg. even know. I'm not that cool. All right. Roughly 24 to 92 hours ago, Stab's team of comedy scientists commissioned four specific humorists to give various potentially comedic takes on several random topics, which they'll now perform for the first and likely last time in front of a live studio audience in a show called Well, hello, everyone out there on Facebook who's already watching, who's been watching for the last five minutes, to talk about shit you're probably going to talk about anyway. Um, uh, let's meet your contestants, everyone. Uh, let's hear it for uh, Rhoda Ramone. Hello. Woohoo! Nick McGaver. Hi. Ben Feldman. Hi there. And down at the end there, we've got uh, Jesse Jones. Hello, Jesse. Hi there. Hello. I'm your host, uh, John Morris Ross IV, uh, and we're glad to be here uh, to play Stab. Uh, so let's let's uh, let's go ahead and fucking start. Uh, yeah, <laughs> woohoo! Woo. Well, everyone, thank you for joining us. Uh, uh, I need to see who's in what in what uh, in what squares on the internet here. Oh, so I could, it hardly matters. Talk to you. And so Ben looks like you're in seat number one. Ben, thanks for being here. Uh, we appreciate you being here. It's been a long time since you've been here. Uh, thanks for coming back and joining us. Do you have anything go? What's going on? What? Do, how many annoying internet shows have you done so far? Uh, this would be my fourth. Okay. Good. 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 <laughs> but I've I've done three non-annoying shows, so pretty good oh. stretch. All right. <laughs> Nick McGavern. Hello. Hi. How are you today? Pretty good. That's good. I um, I wish I could see you. I really miss seeing you. I was one day. I thought I was going to be able to see you today, and then you show up uh, blurred. So that's nice. I got to preserve my air of mystery. <laughs> <laughs> I've actually I've seen Nick around a couple times in the uh, the quarantine uh, era that we're in. Uh, just out there hustling with the. Delivering the foods. Oh. Yeah. I'm doing deliveries. Yeah. Still out. I'm an essential worker. Very essential. Very essential. <laughs> On to Rhoda. Rhoda, yeah. thanks for being here. Yes, Taking some of course. time away from, away from your child to be it's, here. It's been amazing. <laughs> yeah. I'm in the room. The door is locked. He got a melatonin. It's awesome. <laughs> Is that legal? Yeah, it's actually prescribed by the doctor. Oh, is it? You just, you just feed him a bunch of turkey. <laughs> I went on a date with a guy and convinced him that I had drugged my son to sleep through the date. <laughs> and how did that date end? He did not call me back, ah. which was my plan. So it worked. Oh, okay. Nice. What did you say you drugged him with? 
I just said that I gave him a bunch of sleeping medication. <laughs> and he was, like, mortified. <laughs> just slipped him a benny. Yeah. <laughs> it's like, you drugged your child? I was like, yeah, he's fine. I do it all the time. That's awesome. Just a little mommy time. Just a little mommy time. Well, well, Jesse. Yeah. How are you today? I'm, What's going on? I'm nice. I'm good. All right. You're <sighs> good. Nice. Yeah. Well, let's let's go ahead and start the show. I feel like we've done two introductions. Well, uh, one's official; the other was killing time. Right, that's right. That's right. All right. Come on. Where are you? All right. Uh, this first segment is called uh, reorganization. Uh, please take the following acronym: reimagine it. What does it now stand for? Who or what does it now represent? Uh, and yet another act of unprecedented behavior. Our president this week was responsible for slowing the distribution of the needed stimulus payments uh, because the checks didn't have his goddamn name on them. Uh, tonight's acronym, acronym, acronym is CUNT. C-U-N-T. Uh, we'll start with uh, Ben Feldman. What, is, what does CUNT mean to you, Ben? Well, honestly, I think Trump deserves a pass on this one, John. Okay. Um, I'd be mortified if I sent out millions of checks and forgot to put my name on them. Plus, it's kind of fun to get a check from the president. Uh, he could probably do. He could probably stand to add a personalized note on there too. Maybe a doodle, like a "Hi Bob, hope this helps you pay your bills this month," and a doodle of a dollar bill with wings on it. You know, anything to make things easier for people who aren't responsible enough to have six months emergency savings. Right. But, uh, full disclosure, I'm not getting a stimulus check myself. My income is way too high to qualify. But if I was getting one, you can be damn sure I'd want to know who it's from. <laughs> um, but of course, we all know what Trump is really up to. The hard truth is people vote based on stimulus check name recognition. Right. Always have without exception. Let me be clear. Everyone who receives a stimulus check with Trump's name on it will be voting for him in November. Unless Biden sends out a few million gift baskets by November, Trump's got this in the bag. So in this case, John, C-U-N-T clearly stands for see you next term. <laughs> well, very good, Ben. Thank you very much for telling us what cunt means. You. I feel bad saying that word over and over again, well, but it's necessary. It's essential. Nick, hmm. what does cunt mean to you? Um, so this refers to what seems to be everyone's favorite quarantine activity, catching up on never-ending TV. Mm. Uh, personally, that doesn't interest me that much, no matter how much everyone else tells me to watch the new true crime documentary about some kind of weird, quirky criminal, I won't have any of it. Instead, I'll be watching real art, like a video of a guy getting karate kicks down a short flight of stairs, or an 18-minute long YouTube compilation called Tony Soprano telling it like it is, or a Chinese man on Twitter who can drink three beers and eight shots in under a minute, all while smoking a cigarette. But having said all that, I do think I'm going to get started on the new season of Bosch tonight. It is a pretty groundbreaking concept. He's a Detective who sort of plays by his own rules, so I'm excited to see what that'll be like. Very good. They always play by their own rules, don't they? Very good. I wish. <laughs> Very good. Uh, Rhoda Ramon, what does cunt mean to you? 
What? Are you, are you looking at me? Oh, it's me that you're looking at. You're looking at me in my yoga pants. Yeah. I see what you see. I see that you see that I see that you can see the gift that I have. Yeah, that's right, Perf. I caught you looking at me, staring down at my lady flaps, side-eyeing my frontal wedgie, lurking at my ninja foot. I caught it all. But you will not make me feel shame. Mm-mm. I refuse to cover up my lycra lumps, okay? I will no longer hide my O'Keefe oyster, my cloth conch shell, my yoni flower curtain. Because you know what? I've been liberated from the shackles of the male glaze. I have been freed from the prison cell of Puritan ideals, okay? I will now and forever embrace cunt, okay? That's right. You heard me. I said cunt. Camel toes, unshielded, no tribulations. Thank you very much. <laughs> very good. Very good, uh, Rhoda. Thank you for uh, bringing up camel toes so early in the show. Appreciate it. It usually takes a while for you. <laughs> very good. Thank you. Uh, Jesse Jones, yep. what does cunt mean to you? It might be because I'm getting older. Or it absolutely is because I'm getting older, but I just can't help it. I have become a total cunt. I just can't understand new things. <laughs> this thing, this thing that I already know, I understand that thing just fine. It does things I find useful. I know what it can't do, so I don't try to use it for those because I know it won't. I try to only use it for things it can. I understand this thing. That thing? That new thing? What kind of things does that do? How should I know? You expect me to learn what does is a whole new majig? Who's got the where, how, or the know when? If I didn't already know how to do it, what's it before? Why would I need to know how to do one now? Don't make sense just making up things so you can make a thing what you can do that thing with. Sounds fishy to me. Count me out of learning that what and it's how. And yes, the can't in can't understand new things also extends to don't want to. Making my ability to even try an insurmountable can't even. I just can't. I don't want to, so I won't, so I can't. The thing I understand still works just fine. Thank you. So I have no interest in learning how a newer thing might do the same thing that my older thing does, like 5% better or easier. Who's going to notice that? Some nerd who notices percentages of things, and that's it. Not cool guys. Not cool guys like me who don't sweat the fractions and tell decimal points to soak their heads and suck eggs. And suck eggs while soaking their heads, dumb guy. So thank you, but no thank you. I'm perfectly happy doing what I already do, how I already do it, and I don't need no nother. Now, just go on and crawl back through the burrow into my house the way you came in and take that door talk to some dork what'll give a care. Very good. <laughs> there it is. That was... <laughs> Reorganization. <laughs> I had to wait through the sound effect. Uh, very good, everyone. I didn't, uh, I didn't know we were allowed to write these beforehand. 
All right. I hope you're kidding. Uh, <laughs> this brings us to our second segment. Um, top three Google searches of. Uh, please have composed three the top three Google searches from the perspective of the following: uh, the Spanish flu. That's right. If the Spanish flu of eighteen or nineteen eighteen were a person who could search Google, uh, what would the top three searches be? We'll do one at a time. Uh, ben, what's your first of three Google searches from the Spanish flu? Um, how a speaker in grace. <laughs> right. Yeah. Very good. Uh, Nick. Uh, Virus-friendly tapas restaurants. <laughs> All right. Very good. Rhoda? Okay, so I have to clarify that I thought that you're saying, like, I was Spanish flu Googling about myself. So forgive me for being an idiot. Um, and I did it appropriately enough, like I was like a, like a high-maintenance dumb teenager. Okay. Um, was Edward from Twilight really dying of me before Carlisle turned him into a vampire? <laughs> Very good. Very good. Jesse Jones. Uh, following directly on Nick. <clears throat> Inexpensive tapas near me. <laughs> <laughs> tapas twice. Yeah. Wow. Double tapas. Uh, ben, your second of three. Who does a virus have to fuck to get Woodrow Wilson's name on a goddamn stimulus check around here? <laughs> <laughs> Very good. <laughs> Nick, you're second of three. Latin bacterial gangbang porn hub. <laughs> <laughs> Very good. Rhoda? Is COVID-19 better, scarier, and more devastatingly prettier than me? <laughs> Very good. Jesse Jones? Wine for the tapas. <laughs> <laughs> and Ben, you're third of three. When is Ozark season four coming out? <laughs> right? All right, Nick. Nick? Oh, uh, Donde esta la biblioteca? <laughs> Very good. And Rhoda? Um, do the people opening the beaches in Florida realize that I lasted for two years? <laughs> <laughs> oh man, that's depressing. Yeah. <laughs> January 1917 to December of 20, 1920. Yeah. Good times. Or, 1918 to 1920. 1820, yeah. Oh my God. Jesse Jones. A beautiful young adult near me for to kill like the flu, only extra spicy. <laughs> <laughs> Very good. That was the top three Google searches from the perspective of the Spanish flu. Very good, everyone. Uh, that brings us to our third segment of the evening. Uh, this was today once. Uh, ben, on this date, 1797, citizens of Verona began an unsuccessful eight-day rebellion against the French occupying forces. Uh, also on this very date, 1986, IBM produces the first megabit chip. Uh, how did you choose to celebrate the aforementioned events in tandem? Well, John, every year on April 17th, I celebrate two occasions that occurred on the same day, but centuries apart. In 1797, 
in Verona, Italy, where Shakespeare's Romeo and Juliet takes place. The Veronese people spent eight days rebelling against the French occupying forces before failing miserably. And in 1986, IBM announced they will be the first computer company to ever feature a one megabit chip in their products. Besides their obvious connection, these two events have nothing to do with each other, not even an obvious connection. And still, I prefer to celebrate them together, you know, to kill two big-ass birds with one massive stone. Every year on the morning of April 17th, I make my way to Verona, Italy, where I honor the lives of those brave, delicious pasta-making Italians who stood up to those goddamn snail-slurping Frenchy occupying forces by filling up myself a super soaker with marinara sauce and soaking the shit out of the city's remaining French residents. Take that, you frog-leg-crunching, syllable-swallowing, Italy-occupying French motherfuckers. How's it feel to have cold spaghetti sauce all over your clothes? And then... To celebrate the IBM megabit chip thing, I just point out to some of the locals that, quote, this super soaker has a thousand times more computing power than IBM's <laughs> first commercial product to feature a megabit chip back in 1986. Isn't that something? Unquote. <laughs> then to cap off the day's celebration, I head over to the Casa de Giulietta former home of the Capello family and the inspiration for the Capulets, hop onto Juliet's balcony, hang my ass over the side and take a huge dump into the town square while screaming, IBM, IBM. <laughs> John? <laughs> Very good, Ben. Very good. Let's hear it for him, everyone. Let's hear something <laughs> for him. <laughs> All right. Um, Nick? On this date, 2014, Chelsea Clinton announced that she and her husband, Mark, uh, were expecting their first child. Uh, also on this very date, 1629, uh, the first commercial fishery is established. Uh, how did you choose to celebrate the aforementioned events in tandem? Uh, so in honor of these events, I've been investigating the many commercial nurseries run by the Clinton crime family, <laughs> wherein they cultivate third world children to be used in ritual sacrifice ceremonies by billionaire sickos. I will be exposing these crimes through a series of forum posts and a video platform called www.ustreamit.ag, as I've been unjustly banned from YouTube. The truth is out there, brothers and sisters. <laughs> <laughs> Very good, Nick. And now the blurry screen makes sense. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Even more. <laughs> this is going to get us taken off uh, Facebook for sure. All right. Uh, Rhoda, on this date, 2013, an explosion at a fertilizer plant in the city of West Texas uh, kills 15 people and injures 160 others. Uh, also on this very date, 1937, cartoon characters Daffy Duck, Elmer Fudd, and Petunia Pig debut. Uh, how did you choose to celebrate the aforementioned events in tandem? Um, well, to celebrate this day, I thought I'd create an homage of the events of the West Fertilizer Company explosion in the form of a Looney Tunes cartoon starring the characters who made their debut on this day. Okay. But then I actually got 
too lazy to write it out, so I just have to provide the cliff notes. Um, essentially, what would happen is Jaffe decides to use the fertilizer plant as a way to manufacture something flammable for some harebrained scheme at the fertilizer plant. And then since it's the opening day of duck hunting season, Elmer's on the hunt for Daffy. We laugh at his speech impediment, blah, blah, blah. Ben Petunia, who's the secretary at the plant, since these cartoons were fun but misogynistic, is working there. Um, Elmer shoots at Daffy. The fertilizer plant explodes. But instead of anyone getting killed, Daffy has a parachute. So when it explodes into the sky, he comes down, lands safely, just as Petunia's handcuffing Elmer Fudd. The cop that comes along is Porky Pig. He's super turned on that Petunia's making a citizen's arrest. So they just like give a big smooch. And then it ends, of course, with Porky going like, bleep, bleep, bleep. That's all, folks. <laughs> Very good, Rhoda. Very good. Jesse Jones, uh, on this date, 1997, John Bell, age 115, receives a new pacemaker. Uh, also on this very date, 1954, Canadian professional wrestler and actor Roddy Piper was born. Uh, how did you choose to celebrate the aforementioned events in tandem? I just noticed that all three of these first goddamn prompts have a stupid voice, and I apologize. <laughs> <laughs> Today, naturally, I go around the house changing every single battery and whole of place, whether needed or not, while wearing masculine dress. No matter how old the application, <laughs> no matter how old appliance, or how much more use it might get out of brand new battery, I change them all. Because what does make sense anymore? Is it possible the thing will probably stop working very close to immediately after I put new battery? Probably. Will old clock radio just keep working for countless more decades, completely baffling medical science, and make mockery of every single other thing that dies before it is just as likely, because nothing makes sense anymore. Is why my American self is pretend to be Russian and wear pencil skirt, because make just as much sense as a Canadian in a kilt spending entire life telling people he's an angry Scotsman. Tomorrow I might punch fish. Or tell the moon, chillax, cool guy. Who knows? The sky's the limit when nothing has to make sense anymore. So go on. Bark at your oven. Tell a bag of chips that you're proud of it. Lie to a stone. Whatever your heart wish to do, you can now. <laughs> <laughs> Very good. And... That was this was today once. Very good. Did you say lie to a building or lie uh, to a stone? Lie to stone. Lie to stone. Lying to buildings is something Spanish children do. That's right. That is right. <laughs> they tell lies to bars. To our fourth segment uh, called "Bows to an Asshole." Uh, congrats, everyone, on your upcoming nuptials. Uh, too bad you're marrying assholes, though. Uh, let's hear those vows. Ben, uh, you are marrying a person who is always on. I knew from the moment we met at that party that we met at, you were one of those assholes who's always got to be on. There you were, standing behind me in the line at the bathroom, singing Bohemian Rhapsody, months after its latest surge in popularity loudly and badly 
The song wasn't even playing at the party. It wasn't played earlier at the party either. So like, why are you singing it now? And why are you laughing? Like, do you think you're being funny singing Bohemian Rhapsody right now? What's so funny about it? What's funny? I hated you within seconds. I hated everything about you and also your mother for having you. Your mother, who I've since met and is here today. Hi, Angie. <laughs> but back to the party that we met at and you being nonstop on, you singled me out. You glommed on to me, maybe because I asked you why you were laughing and you mistook that for a connection. But your heavy flirting and perfect tits made me realize a one-night stand would be both easy and tolerable with you. You woke me up the next morning singing a verse of Bohemian Rhapsody I'd never heard before. It wasn't until later I learned you were making it up on the spot. I truly believed it was some lame-ass verse that only made it onto a leaked demo version or something, but no. It was just you being on still. <laughs> Hello, nobody, you don't have to come. Not going to bring me all in front or but the lies. What the lies? Is that the opposite of face the truth? Are you singing opposite lyrics? You continued to take huge liberties with the lyrics of that song for the rest of the morning. And every time I've seen you since, for the past six months, which is every day for hours on end. And even right now, as I speak my vows from this altar, you continue to sing that song and make up lyrics for it. In fact, that's all I've ever seen you do. Even when I asked you to marry me, you answered in the affirmative with made up lyrics. Somehow you've never repeated yourself and in some twisted way, perhaps that's why I'm still around, just to see what comes next. And for that reason, I do. <laughs> Very good, man. Very good. I enjoyed it. And I'm sure people, other people did. Too. <laughs> yeah. Nick, uh, you are marrying an arsonist. I'm so glad to have met you. What a stroke of luck that on the night my house mysteriously burned down, you happened to me be nearby and, we, and were able to help me escape. We didn't start dating right away because I was already in a relationship, but then when my girlfriend tragically died in another mysterious fire, you were there to help me pick up the pieces. And then when I was offered that lucrative job across the country, but the entire city I was supposed to move to burned to the ground, you were once again there for me. I love your funny idiosyncrasies, like the fact that you always smell like gasoline or that you won't explain to me what you mean when you say you work in insurance. I never thought that I, a man who's been medically diagnosed as the most gullible person in the world, would be able to find love. I promise to love and, ch and cherish you and sing this in in health and to write you into my will as my sole heir and take out a large life insurance policy on myself as you suggested. Tell death do us part, though hopefully not soon, haha. <laughs> <laughs> Very good, Nick. Very good. Very good. Rhoda. Uh, you are marrying the guy who comments on every post that you make on social media. From that one time we met for like five seconds in a quick passing conversation, I knew you were the one. The way you said, yo, then added me on Facebook later on that night was almost too good to be true. 
I was hesitant to add you at first. You were so intimidating with your Bud Light and your Epstein didn't kill himself t-shirt. <laughs> but after a few days, you sent me a friend request reminder and I figured, who was I to click confirm and seal my own fate? You made me feel so special how the first thing you did was go all the way back to 2010 and like all of the pictures where I made myself look vaguely attractive. I felt so lucky now that every single time I post something online, you have to reply with a sarcastic comment or a really vague and confusing retort. Your gifts that make absolutely no sense at all are particularly magical. Now that I'm standing here, I can see eternity in your eyes. Maybe because that's how long it takes me to read the DMs you send me complaining about how your girlfriend just doesn't get you. <laughs> Which I know that you sent to another female comic we both know because you forgot to edit her name out when you cut and pasted the same message to me. <laughs> You're so funny like that. I can't wait to begin our life together and for you to provide feedback to me on how I did on these vows. Very good. Oh, my God. Name names. All right. <laughs> Did that really happen? Yes. Oh, my God. Yeah. All right. Uh, Jesse, just, I'm not going to beg. I know we're on camera here. Yeah. All right. Uh, Jesse Jones, you're marrying an unexpected pothole. There I was, just minding my own business. Not a care in the world. And then all of a sudden, you jolted me the fuck out of my mundane, humdrum existence. Threw me into a frenzy of panic, anger, and confusion that you keep me in every time we cross paths. When we first met, my heart leaped out of my chest. I felt like I was falling off a cliff. If this is what spending the rest of my life was gonna, with you was going to be like, I wasn't sure I was ready. Up until then, my life had been so smooth, so uneventful. Then like a bolt out of the blue, you threw me off balance. You ruined my suspension. But I guess when you really think about it, that's kind of what love is, isn't it? When I told my friends about you, screamed about you to them, really, they told me to forget about you, leave you alone, try to avoid you. My so-called friends told me that you were the city's problem and I should let the city take care of you. But I was, it was clear to me they'd never really fallen for someone like you. Not the way I did. They'd never felt someone rattle them deep in their bones. Not the way I had. You weren't the city's problem. You were my problem. You are my solution. And no matter how hard I've tried to avoid you, th there you were. Every day I drove to work, it was almost like you knew me better than I knew myself. Anytime I ever forgot about you, even for a moment, you were always there to remind me in the most violent, frightening way possible. Like a little landmark, a touchstone on my road of life that always keeps me grounded. And so, my dear, I love... Oh, oh fuck! Jesus fuck, what the fuck was that? Was I shot? Am I bleeding? I'm, I'm okay. Okay, I'm, I'm, I'm okay. Fuck. Fuck, that was scary. Oh. Oh, you. <laughs> <laughs> oh, 
Very that good. Was. I couldn't uh, get them. All those were vows to various assholes. That brings us to our final segment of the evening. Uh, Battle Rapid. Uh, contestants, let's end the show. Uh, please have composed a Battle Rap verse or two against the following foe. We'll start with you, Ben Feldman. Uh, you're going to be Battle Rapping Captain Crunch. <clears throat> Indeed I am. <laughs> um, I only did, like, my turn. Okay. Okay. <laughs> um, Holy crap, you're Captain Crunch. Your goofy face gave me the hunch. You're the motherfucking lamest of the bunch. I'm talking lamer than Morgan, lamer than Caveman, Captain America too, Captain Kirk, Captain Hook, Captain Kangaroo, dude. Even Captain Antonio got a thing on you, boot. You sure got yourself stuck in a sitch. Who would choose to be you? Any dick in his right mind would rather be Mr. Magoo, and I would too, fucking bitch. Rhymes with Stitch. <laughs> Eyebrows way up on your hat. What's the explanation for that? They float six inches over your head like this and like that, and uh, over, enough said. Super obsessed with cereal food. Don't you ever get bored of it, dude? There's more to life than crunch, but maybe not for you, carpet munch. That's right. Called you a lesbian with no facts to support it. And yet I report it. You think you're a thespian? For what? A couple cartoons? Commercials you're in with those other buffoons? So, hey, Cap, with the coat, what's it going to be? You're going to confess? You're not in the Navy. What, you trying to tell us maybe? Everyone knows you're a blabber. You should have been locked the fuck up for stolen valor. <laughs> Oh, oh, shit. oh man. Not, not done. You're like an old Christian dunst for no reason. That's right, my fuck. It's Captain Crunch bashing season. Look at you with your massive mustache. I ought to bust a cap in your crunchy ass. Your shit's made out of corn, you corny motherfucker. I would meet you with a spoon's dick, sucker. <laughs> Truth. I did eat you once at camp. You came in that miniature box. It was damp. No fault of your own, but still, your shit tasted like licking a stamp and the crotch of a tramp. Fuck out of here. You and Yosemite Sam. You can't get away with the crunch because the crunch always gives you away. Who wrote that slogan? Netflix's Nicky Lachey? Wait, that's not possible. That slogan's older than him. Then fess up. Who wrote it then? Was it Tiny Tim? You have a C on your hat, but you're called Captain Crunch. Shouldn't you have two C's on that, you stupid butt munch? Have you seen your ingredients? The FDA shouldn't allow you. Get back in your bowl, you soggy motherfucker. Riboflavin's the best thing about you. Milk drop. <laughs> Very good, Ben. Uh, <laughs> so many verses coming out of Oakland. Man. That's for sure. Very good, Ben. Thank you very much. Thanks. Uh, <laughs> Nick McGavern, you're going to be battle rapping Shakira's hips. Yeah. Mine's more of a uh, spoken word style battle okay. rap. Uh, you say your hips don't lie. Well, I want to know why. You think that's something, even something to brag about, or that it would bring you any clout. Nobody's hips lie as far as I know. Lying is not something hips are capable of, yo. 
You don't see me bragging that my kneecaps don't commit fraud. That would be just plain absurd on God. Get out of here. Fuck off. <laughs> Very good. Very good. Rhoda, you're going to be battle rapping the month of April. Okay. I'm ready. You a straight white buster or a spring reject. The allergies you give me make it some like straight up disrespect. We in the fourth month of the double deuce zero and we still stuck inside. Looks like April ain't no hero. Sometimes you get Easter so you all braggadocio. You faker than that bunny. You skanky ass hoe. Diamond is your gemstone like a basic bitch. 420 can't save you you pathetic little snitch. You moody like an Aries. Bullheaded like a Taurus. I'm on the hot beat. You on the lame chorus. I'm hot August nights. You April fools. I'm pretty Mayflowers. You testing time at school. I say that I remember dancing in September. So back the fuck up, April, because you wait no contender. <laughs> Very good. Mm. <laughs> <laughs> That's what, I needed a horn. I'm sorry. Yeah. Good job. Very good. Jesse Jones, let's end this, uh, this awkward show of... Uh, <sighs> Show up something. It's not that awkward. Uh, <laughs> um, you're going to be battle rapping a 2010 PT Cruiser. Yeah. The only awkwardness is me having to follow all those goddamn good raps with this. <laughs> so, <clears throat> all right. Let's see if I remember how this goes. Probably not. Oh, my God. What is this? I see a candy apple red Chrysler Cruiser PT. I can't believe my eyes must be a mirage. You don't see these anymore outside a garage. When you first came out, you were retro and chic. But by 2010, man, your sales were weak. You thought your looks were so bold. Real quick, a million, real quick, a million got sold. But in the end, if the truth be told, only people that bought you were so painfully old. It's just a good thing your ride was so bad, too weak to give your owners thrills. Because the last Woody they got before you came from popping those little blue pills. So back on the heap with those older cars you copy. You won't even last long enough to become a jalopy. Word to your muffler. (laughs) (laughs) Very good, everyone. Uh, That's the end of Stab. One more time for all the contestants you saw this evening. Uh, Ben Feldman. Nick McGavern, Rhoda Ramone, and Jesse Jones. Uh, if you'd like to hear more or see more uh, stabs, uh, come back here to Facebook Live, Twitch, or you can check us out on Spotify uh, Podcast. We've got 219 episodes up. Uh, we'll see you the next week. All right. Yeah.